Welcome to another episode of Employability Matters, a careers-related podcast where we dive into all topics associated with the world of work. We feature special guests sharing their personal career journey, as well as provide you with job search tips and relatable advice with your host, Sophia Lewis. Joining us today, we have Zara Muhead, founding director of Love Literacy, which is an English and maths intervention provision established to raise the academic achievement of all children. Zara has over 13 years experience as a qualified teacher, specializing in literacy intervention, mainstream education and inclusion. Zara's master's degree and middle leadership experience has contributed to the success of her work with Love Literacy and hundreds of students from age five through to adults. Love Literacy has been in operation for eight years and now includes an online learning platform, ensuring there are no barriers to children's progress. Most recently, Zara has self-published a creative journal entitled, I Heard the Word. Inspired by her two children, this journal provides a space for reflection, inspiration, and personal growth. So let's get started. We have a special guest today, Zara Muirhead, and Zara will be talking about her business, entrepreneurial activities as the founder of Love Literacy. You are going to hear her inspiring career journey as the founding director of this wonderful academy that you will get to hear about later on. Everyone, I am Zara Muirhead and As Sophia said, um, first of all, it's great to be here. Great to talk to Sophia. We've known each other such a long time. So I'm honoured and privileged. Um, But yes, I am a wife, mother. Um, I've got two lovely children, aged nine and seven. Yeah, he's almost eight. (laughs) You have to remember that one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Constantly. Um, And um, I am a woman in business and I'm formally well professionally by trade a teacher um, my qualification is in secondary but then I've expanded through my business to teaching all children um, of all ages and also adults awesome awesome I was looking at your website in preparation for this and you know I if I had children myself I would definitely get them to enroll onto your program because that's one thing that I have learned throughout my time even being a godmother that um, you can't just rely on the school in terms of education you have to do some extracurricular activities and I remember when I was growing up my mum took me to Saturday school. It was a Caribbean um, Saturday school in Hackney in Dalston. And every Saturday I was there and improving my English and math. So what you are doing is commendable and great. And I salute you, Zara, for what you are doing. Talk us through your career journey. Um, You said that you're a teacher and you've also done middle management within education. Yes, so uh, during my degree, Um, I did my degree at Oxford Brooks in Oxford and uh, part of the way through I thought oh I'd like to switch but by that point it was too late. Um, 
but I managed to get myself on a teacher training program, which is what I really wanted to do. So I trained as an English and drama teacher, and then I practiced I did a bit of drama, but I mainly practiced as an English teacher um, within the secondary field. And then kind of years in, I'd done middle management. I've been head of year, um, head of year nine, head of year eight. And then I had my first child and having my first child just changed the course of my life. And I kind of my priorities shifted. And so although I was on course to becoming the assistant head teacher, possibly the deputy head teacher, all of that changed. And I ended up um, tutoring and I tutored one family two children uh, brother and sister and the referrals began to flow and I literally Sophia was earning something like 12 pounds for the hour to teach both children um, I, I, I just did it to kind of give me something to do yep, and it was yep. the first time and it brought in a tiny bit of money while I was on maternity pay and then it just grew and one referral um, after another after another after another and I realized that there was something special here without being conceited I'm just being honest that I was able to accelerate children's progress in a way that I hadn't been able to in the mainstream classroom as much because there are 30 children as opposed to two or a small group and so that's where Love Literacy was born. And in my backyard, in my shed, uh, we converted our shed into a classroom. Awesome. Um, yeah, we call it the learning space. And we have whiteboards and desks and chairs and carpets. And that's where we um, began to teach. And I remember with my son kind of nursing him and supporting my husband in putting the wallpaper up um to prepare for our awesome. um so then love literacy obviously outgrew my shed um and we moved to a community center and we've been at a few different venues uh and i just i didn't anticipate it i didn't think i'm going to start a tutoring company i didn't think i'm going to you know set up this business that's going to affect hundreds of lives but it kind of evolved in a really natural way out of my passion. Mm. Um, and in the midst of having children, I wanted to really invest in myself. So I did a master's degree just for myself, not because I had to, but I wanted to, I realized that whilst teaching in the mainstream sector, I hadn't really poured into me. I poured right. out a lot and done a lot of work mm. um, you know, in teaching and in pastoral care, but this was my opportunity to do something for me. And it was, Sophia, at one point, I literally moved out of my house. Seriously, and, why? Yeah, because I was doing my last dissertation. I had two young children and I just needed to escape. So I left home for about four or five days and stayed at my mum's home. But like I had, I was, you know, I had conjugal visits. My husband and children would come to visit me for an hour. And then they but yeah. it's necessary to get things right. done, isn't it? And that, mm, yeah, and that is the drive and the determination that I knew about you from when we first met over maybe could be a good 15 years ago, you know? And um, I can see that you were special from that time, 
you know that's why I said I have to get Zara onto this podcast because your story will definitely inspire others even though I'm sitting here listening I'm thinking oh my gosh you've done your degree at Oxford books I never knew that you've done your master's whilst you were nursing and all of this this is just an inspiring story to I suppose to inspire women to say, you know what, we can do our dreams. We can work it out by any means necessary. You know, we can do it. But the key thing that I took from you is a support. You yes. had the support from your mother, your husband, you know, you had a good support network to ensure that your dreams were realized. And hence, you know, Love Literacy is now born. So how long has Love Literacy been going for? So I did a count the other day and it's actually eight years. My daughter is nine. So it's been going awesome. for eight years. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. So where did you get that name from Love Literacy? I love it. <laughs> I love the name Love Literacy. What inspired you to call the business Love Literacy? I, I was sat and I was thinking, right, I need to get a website. You know, that's what you do when you <laughs> start right. a business you get a website and I was thinking what what could we, we be called and initially we only did English right. since then we, we do more now we do maths and we do literature and so forth but at the time we only did English and I honestly can say I could do it for free mm. I, I genuinely love what I do and I love when the children grasp new concepts are passionate about topics, get into a good book, kind of make progress. And I think the, the staple really in the education provision that we provide is love. And I find that with everybody that we've worked with, the ones that really love what they do have the biggest and best impact. And we're literally like a family. So I think for me, the literacy element isn't just about English. It's about being literate, uh, being literate, being right. competent. So you could have IT literacy. You could have, you know, uh, gardening literacy if you're competent in any given area. And that's ultimately what we want for our children. We want them to be competent, to be able to go out in society and function and exist and be competent in any sphere, any field that they enter. So I think that's where the love and the literacy came. And I've spoken to quite a few teachers um, on this web, on this um, podcast, and many of them do say the key thing is about they have a passion to ensure that young people as well as adults are equipped with the skills in order to make a positive contribution to society. I'd like to ask you, um, Zara is tell us about the business what type of services that you offer and how we can get in contact with you sure so we offer uh, English classes so English from year one all the way through to year 11 and obviously if children unfortunately don't pass their exams then we offer reset they are able to come back to us until they pass um, we offer maths again from year one right the way through and we're really proud of ourselves that we were able to expand to maths because I wouldn't have done it unless I had the right team mm -hmm. and a good friend of mine Rachel uh, she's a primary practitioner and she really spearheaded maths and came on board and said we need maths and she's, <laughs> she's an amazing mathematician she's just yeah. got a mind although she can teach everything 
really she brought maths to the to the fore and I'm really really grateful to her for that so we offer English and maths we also offer literature so literature is a separate GCSE huh. as I'm sure uh, many of you will know and it's important because sometimes uh, parents have not realize that they are two separate GCSEs mm. and they're completely separately weighted to you know separate exams so it's been really great to offer literature to give, kind of give children that boost um, and in literature they study Shakespeare and poetry and, and modern play and so forth uh, I know that many parents want us to uh, do science and I would love to do science but again I won't do it until it's right until yes. we've got the right team and we can do it to the high standard that we do everything else with the other big thing we do that we don't talk about very much but I must is we do theatre trips done about six or seven mm. um, every year we do at least one and it's a real important part of what we do because it's not that doesn't that's not for profit or you know it's not it's really to profit the children it's really to enhance their cultural literacy because if you've got a family of five for example it's going to be very expensive to go to the theatre for you and your family whereas if you can send your primary school age child with us then it means that they get that cultural experience, they get that uh, cultural literacy, and you haven't had to fork out, you know, 150 pounds for the, your entire family. So we take children on theatre trips. Obviously, this year has been unprecedented, mm-hmm. but prior to this year, we, they've been to see Macbeth, they've been to see Romeo and Juliet, they've been to see Matilda. Um, what was the one? With Aladdin. Oh, I mean, it's been fantastic, and it, and, you know, some children don't go on the trains. Um, very much that they don't go into London very much they haven't had the experience of of live action Mm. so that has been that's a really important part of what we do and we make sure that obviously we take um, a team of teachers we also ask for parent volunteers so it's a real lovely community event Um, and what we are about to start doing is uh, homework study skills club awesome And that's really important because actually some children have got the ability, but they don't necessarily know how to apply the knowledge Mm -hmm. and how to study and how to revise effectively and how to uh, prepare for timed exams. Because I say to parents, if if your child had three hours, they'd ace the exam. But unfortunately, it's an hour and 10 minutes, for example. And so they have to kind of put their knowledge in a very small window and be able to shine um, under time conditions so we're, we're, we're hoping to start that you know if Covid doesn't kind of interfere again we're hoping to start that in the new year. Awesome awesome I just love what you're doing you know in terms of supplementing you know the traditional education because you know children do need it especially those who are struggling within a a traditional setting within a school Um, and they may find you know working in large groups of 30 children may be a bit of a challenge for them but you know how you are set up do you have like small groups how is it set up yes so we do small group intervention that's really important to us when I did my master's I learned that the optimal number is seven so we pretty much try to stay to about six for face-to-face classes for online, we might go up to about 10 or 11, but generally we try to keep our classes really small. And that means that no, we don't kind of ram everybody into a room and just kind of rake it in because that's not the heart behind what we do. It's so important that 
for me as the director that every child feels that they have had a one-to-one -one experience in a group nice. setting. I love that. I love that. So we, uh, so, sorry, I should have said that you can go to love-literacy.com for all of our classes and all of the information, even the face-to-face -face classes that are coming in January. But it's very, very, very important that you have a one-to-one -one experience. So even with our online service, if you, there's a function that we've invested in that you can directly ask your teacher for help you can directly submit your homework and get one-to-one -one feedback because the reality is there are many children in our community who cannot afford one-to-one -one classes they don't have the luxury of you know that you know a massive amount per hour but we want that even though it's a group session that there is that personalized approach we had a pair a child once go home and say mom I was I was sat next to this boy and he was doing this work and I was doing, you know, completely different work. And, and it was great because I was able to explain to the parent, that's how we work. We're not just going to do a one size fits all lesson plan for every child when actually, if your child specifically needs to work on this area, that's what we're going to zone in on. And so it's very common that you know you could have a group of six and two children doing one thing and two doing another and one is literally doing something completely um different and that's what we pride ourselves on well, the idea of the small group settings and i love odd numbers so seven is definitely a perfect number for me too as you said you are the um the co-founder isn't it and director of love literacy so if somebody wanted to establish a um an education um provision tutoring service like yourselves what type of qualifications and training would you advise somebody to look into the thing is Sophia anybody can do it anybody can you know get the textbooks you know subscribe to some online um, lesson plans and teach that's the truth you know and I know that sometimes there have been um, groups or parents that come together and teach and I think every child is different and what works for one won't work for another and I even people find it strange when I if, if I've been tutoring a child and it hasn't worked I refer them to a colleague of mine say in South London that I know and I highly respect and recommend because not every service suits every child so I would say that I have found it advantageous to have a, a teacher training qualifications. I have a PGCE. I went on to do a master's. You don't have to do a master's. But what I would say is to be committed to the children and their parents and to be committed to the service, it's just really important that your, your team, whoever your teachers are, that they, they know the subject well and they know how to teach because it's one thing knowing maths it's like I remember once when I first started my teaching journey they put me to teach IT I mean I can <laughs> use a computer yeah. don't ask me how to explain it yeah, yeah. I had to break it down for, for 11 year olds that was horrendous it was the worst year of my life so yes, you can have the knowledge, but I would say really commit to learning about different learning styles, different teaching methods, differentiation, how to help to embed, you know, and really um, kind of consolidate learning. I think, it, you know, we work really hard. I have to be honest. I love literacy. My team, you know, I bring them 
goodies because we work really hard we're exhausted by the end of it but we're, we feel invigorated because we don't just I mean we have some textbooks but we don't just use textbooks we are literally creating resources as we go we're adapting we're reacting so I think beyond the educational um, background that you might want to acquire it's really about being committed to to your own development for the good of the young people's development okay awesome awesome i'm going to put in a, a random question here okay i have 20 questions um one to 20 yeah and i like you to pick one number between one and 20 okay i think i'm going to go for four actually you're going to go for four <laughs> <laughs> you're going to go for number four Number four. Not number five. Not number five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, okay, okay. So question number four is, what is your favourite book and why? So I have a book that was gifted to me at, in secondary school, and it's a book of poetry by Maya Angelou. Mm. And that book just... And that and Lauren Hill's album, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, yes. those two together were, were so empowering for me as a young black girl. Yeah. And her, Maya Angelou's poetry just spoke to me and inspired me in such a way. I just love, I, I'm not the best poet, but I love poetry. So I would say um, the collection of Maya Angelou's poetry is my favourite. Well, just the right question for you, love literacy director, isn't it? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so let's move on to um, lessons learned. What lessons have you learned about yourself, especially in like the first, you know, year of business? So I would say that I'm a doer. You know, I, I, I'm a visionary and I have an idea and I run with it. And um the lesson I've learned kind of over the course of the eight years is that doing is fantastic and doing is great and being hands-on and being on the ground but actually it's really important to also stop and step back and really kind of look at what you are doing or what you've done review it evaluate it and then take steps forward so I really have learned that yes doing is great and yes I love to be with the children and I love to be hands-on but at a certain point I realized that if I didn't step back and train and allow others to 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 do while I strategize then I wouldn't have a business I would own a job which is your own job that you give your own job title to yes I agree yeah. with you 110 percent yeah yeah, and that was hard. That was hard because I just want to teach. Yeah. And I know how I do it and I do it my way and I, and I, and I know it works, but I had to learn to stop the doing and learn to step back and be strategic, empower others, and in doing so, grow. Grow myself, grow others, and grow the business. Yes, and that is such a powerful lesson because if you didn't do that, you know, love literacy wouldn't have met Mrs. HR Hayden, you know, and as well as it's about trusting your staff that they are going to do an excellent job. 
in the way that they do it, you know, not based on how Zara would do it or me, Sophia would do it, but based on their skills and their knowledge. And that is a, and there's strength in that. And it's very smart to do that too, because otherwise you're right. You'd be owning your own job. <laughs> how crazy is that? You want a business and grow. So that is a excellent lesson. So let's talk about the key skills and qualities. What top three skills and qualities would you say that are needed for yourself as a woman in business? Uh, so what I've learned of recent is, is in kind of keeping with what we've just been discussing is the importance of working on the business, not just in the business. Right. That was something I had to get to grips with um, really like we said, stepping away and looking down almost and kind of looking at how the business works. And that's something that I've had to develop and I'm still developing, to be honest. Mm. Um, I think uh, a quality that I have that has carried us is, is the passion mm. and is my ability to communicate that passion. And, you know, I can have a lengthy conversation with a parent or a teacher about education in fact sometimes a friend and I Rachel and I we will talk about life and then it just goes into love literacy and we've been talking about love literacy for half an hour and I said I'm sorry I haven't I didn't, I didn't call you for that purpose but we don't mind we just love what we do we talk about the children we talk about their learning styles oh we notice this about them oh let's try this and you know we're just constantly um, thinking about the children so I think the passion is something that I'm I'm um, is, is a quality that I've been able to, I think it's infectious, you know, it kind of, it spreads. Um, and I think, okay, a third one, I did thinking about the ability to, to ask for help mm. is one that, you know, at, at one point, Sophia, it was so much for me. I was in my shed doing my thing. I, I mean, I probably lost loads of money because I wasn't even keeping count I couldn't I didn't have a proper system I didn't have a finance manager I didn't have an administrator it was all me I was every aspect of the business and I thought I'm going to have to give this up you know I'm not going to be able to keep going and then I called on my husband for help and he is now our co-director he came on board a few years ago and that was life-changing mm -hmm. that was absolutely transformative for me um, and then I uh, called on listed the help of uh, an amazing woman called Mary Beverly and she actually lives in the Caribbean she does missionary out there and she was our administrator so she would administer from from it was Trinidad at the time mm. and then she left us for a while and now she's back again because our projects are so big that she's back again doing some some key administration so I think asking for help and 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 paying for that help, you know, like really kind of respecting other people and their skill set and saying, let's come on board and do this together. Um, and I want us to be a proper team. That's really been helpful for me. I love it, asking for help. Um, always say it's important too, but then it takes with some people a little bit of courage, you know, and the courage is, do you know what? I can't manage this at this present time and I need help. But acknowledging that you need help and having the courage and the confidence to ask for help, but also identifying what help that you need and who can help you to, oh. you know, so there is strength and power in that. 
And just imagine if you kept your mouth shut, quiet, you know, struggling with the paperwork as well as teaching, as well as marketing. Oh my goodness, Zara, it wouldn't be, love literacy wouldn't be where it is right now. So let's talk about that wonderful photo at the back. Yeah, so in, I think it was about 2015, the, uh, the, the chair of the community centre where we, we ran our lessons and, and we did prior to COVID, um, wanted to invite the Queen and personally invited the Queen to come to the Borough of Barking Dagenham to officially open our centre. And I think I've been probably the second group. Uh, I think they opened in the September and we joined in the December, something like that. Um, so we were there from the beginning and Her Majesty the Queen came and we were given the heads up that we would be personally meeting her and I had to choose two students and it's so funny because how do you choose two out of all of the children that you teach and do you choose your own two or do you choose (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I chose two children who happen to both be Nigerian one's half Nigerian half Ghanaian and the other one's Nigerian and I chose those two because they had really developed beautifully and made such progress and I wanted to appreciate them and have them participate in this opportunity so we made the queen a poem beautifully written by my student and we actually presented it to her. I think that's her there holding the poem and that she broke protocol because really she shouldn't have done that. She should have touched it and then let one of her aides take it. She took the poem and we read it to her and that was really lovely. And then her, her, her and her husband began to have a conversation with our students. She said, where are you from then? And um, one of my students said, well, I'm from a place, this is how she speaks. Yeah. Well, I'm from a place called Nigeria, which is in Africa. Queen says, yes, I know where Nigeria is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh gosh, don't take that to the Queen. But it was lovely. It was a really lovely experience. And it was um, a nice moment just to mark our hard work and although you know we didn't it wasn't a a personal it was for the community and for the users of the community center it was just a lovely way to kind of put love literacy on the map and to have a significant moment in the life of love literacy awesome awesome that's me my round of applause for that i salute you absolutely i know you've got so many different types of um wonderful achievements so far in the past but what about any testimonies from any ex-students that have come back and said I'm so grateful for love literacy look what you have done so can you share a a testimony I bet you've got lots of testimonies yes there have been lots oh and if anybody watches this I don't want you to think I've forgotten you uh Iman came to my house the other you know during lockdown and we socially distanced and talked about her achievements her and her mum and I cried together uh, as you do with parents you know because they she'd done so well um and Lulu the same her mother and I we cried together on the phone because we were just in awe of how she went from grade three to grade eight in the space of a year and awesome awesome let's just let that sit say that again So Lulu, I had her at the end of year 10 and she was on a predicted grade three. So for those that don't know the the changes in the grades, what is a grade three equivalent to? So uh, if I tell you a grade four is a very low C, it's Mm -hmm. a very low pass. 
and she was on a grade three. So we're talking kind of around D, E, you know, around that kind mm -hmm. of mark. And she was, you know, very disheartened, um, but really wanted to do well. And in just over a year, my lovely Lulu got a grade eight. And what is a grade eight equivalent to? So a grade nine is like an A star star. And she got a grade eight. So awesome. grade seven, like an A. So she got like an A plus. It gives me chills. And mum and I still cry about it because we just cannot. I mean, there was one point I said, mum, Lulu doesn't need me anymore. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to tutor her. I've given her everything I can. This is it now. Honestly, there's no more. I don't just do it for the money. It has to yes. be, you know. Mm. And she, she turned up at my house unannounced one day. I said, okay, I'll give you one more lesson. <laughs> but that was That's amazing. Impact. But the one person I want to talk about is uh, Falarin. Falarin, I actually taught him not at Love Literacy. I taught him in my first school at Robert Clack. Oh, awesome. Yeah. He was in year eight. And he reminded me that I used to give him detentions. If he didn't get 100%, all of them, if my class didn't get 100% in their spelling test, I would give them a 15-minute detention. And in that detention, they would practice their spellings. Yeah. Now, I couldn't get away with that now. I'd have parents complaining. This was 13 years ago. Um, he's now a lawyer. And he, I saw him at an event, and he said to me, Miss, you know, they won't call me by my name. He said, Miss... I was a really average student. I wasn't gifted and talented. I was an average student. And because you insisted of me a high standard, because you pushed me to do my very best, it instilled in me the desire to keep going mm. and to work hard. And he got a scholarship at Oxford University. He got, a, he's now a lawyer you know, in his own right as a grown adult. And it just, it gives me chills because, you know, in nowadays, Sophia, if you try and get, if you try and keep a child behind, you're going to have the parents on your back. You're going to yeah. have, but in those days, they, they, the parents just, they believed that I wanted the best for their children. Yes, yes, yes. They let me do what I needed to do to yeah. get it out of them. By any means necessary, Zara, by any means necessary. And look at that. And he felt to himself that he was an average person, not particularly gifted. But it just takes, isn't it, a practitioner like yourself or a member of staff within your team to have that passion to just draw out that excellence, isn't it? Just to draw out that above average knowledge and ability, isn't it? For them to yeah. believe that, yes, I can do this. It just takes that one person, doesn't it? And it's a village, isn't it? It's a village mentality, it's the village uh, operation. Yeah. You know, it's got to be like, if his mum didn't allow me to keep him after school for those 15 minutes and then I didn't, you know, it's all of us together coming around the child mm. and saying, we're not going to leave you behind and we're not going to accept you being mediocre. And we're not going to, you know, like, we're just going to keep going until you achieve whatever it is that God has for you to achieve. You know, awesome. so yeah, I'm so proud of all of my. They they are like my children, and even when a, when a parent, you know, for whatever personal reasons, has to leave us, it, I feel a loss. I've had to I have to I've had to learn to 
feel right about it, but I feel like I'm losing one of my children. And I say to my team, we don't know how long we've got them for. It could be three months, it could be three weeks, it could be a year, it could be five years. So pour into them and give them your very best for every moment of the hour or two hours that we're, they're with us. Because if they have to leave us next month, we want to know that we've we've done so much and we've laid a foundation that somebody else can build on. By leaving a legacy, isn't it, behind? So where can I sign up? <laughs> where can I sign up? I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm sold. We all need to sign up, you know. We all need to sign up. So just to, um, to find out as well, I mean, we know that we are in, you know, coronavirus and now we are recording this during lockdown number two so how has um COVID-19 impacted your business I mean it we actually made the decision about three days before the government to close our service because the government were being a bit uncertain and and I like to be very certain I like to let my parents know where they stand and be really clear so we made the decision and then we thought oh thank you we made the right decision when they then closed a few days later but it was tough Sophia I mean I missed the children desperately and I thought what do we do now and actually I was part of um, I joined a network called TBN the business network in Romford and we had a conference call a kind of zoom meeting and somebody said teach online and they just sowed that seed, teach online. So what I did, I've never heard of Zoom, I'm sure hundreds of thousands yeah. of people have. <laughs> yeah, me neither. No, um, Zoom expert, you know. <laughs> honestly. So I, I downloaded Zoom and I just began to teach Sophia. I just began to run free classes for about, I don't know, three weeks, just constantly teaching a range of groups. At one point we had, you know, 30, 35 children on the call doing creative wow. writing comprehension and all sorts and then I, at that point I knew okay I, I know how to teach online mm. I've, I've mastered it through doing the, the free classes and yet I'm ready to teach online and so we uh, designed a whole new website we wanted it to we didn't just want it to be a kind of um, midway service a kind of a secondary provision we wanted it to be a provision that works and that really does serve our community and so we invested in a website we had to tweak and reinvest in a website to make sure we had a proper learning platform for our children for our parents and that's what we've done and it's been amazing we've been able to teach children in ireland children in birmingham children in kent children that parents who who left us when they moved home have been able to come back to us through our online provision mm. parents can go on and they can see exactly the what the powerpoint was for the lesson what the homework is what the children submitted and what their teacher's response was you know it just allows parents to really be able to tap into and support their children in a in a way that they can't face to face there are obviously pros and cons to both services and not every not you know online is not for everybody face to face is not for everybody but we're really proud of the fact that even amidst COVID-19 and the stresses and concerns we were able to provide a service that wasn't secondary it was excellent in its own right mm, awesome do you know what and it also highlights to me about another income stream because you said you were um, providing services to people in Ireland and in Birmingham 
I mean, is that so that it follows on to my next question, you know, where do you see your business in the next three years? Could that be another service that you would provide in the future going on forward? Absolutely. We're, we're not going to close our online service. We're now going to have our love literacy online, our love literacy face to face. Um, but in terms of where we go, you know, where I see myself, Sophia, we've just uh, registered our umbrella service, which is Love Education CIC. Awesome. Yay. Yes. Yeah, we're really proud. We're really excited. So under Love Education CIC, which is a community interest company, we'll sit all of our services, Love Literacy, we have Literacy Through Arts, which we call Love Create, we have, um, we kind of, we've dabbled with a bit of missionary work, we, we did some, some exchange work in Jamaica a few years back, where we sent over resources, our amazing parents at Love Literacy donated, I, I didn't have any clothing in my suitcase, really, I just had a few bits, but really, I had all of this stationery and resources for, for a school, so we took it to a school, we took it to an orphanage nearby, um, and we did some work there, so I'd love to develop that, but really, Sophia, I want Love Education and Love Literacy, I want it to evolve into a real um, a, a hub for our community, a training centre, an arts centre, a centre for learning, not just formal academic learning, but learning through music, learning through performance, learning through art therapy, kind of a centre, a place, a safe place, a lighthouse even for our community where they know they can come and uh, be edified, be trained, be developed, be mentored, be supported. So watch this space. We've just acquired a new premises in Dagenham. It's huge. I mean, it's it's way bigger than me. I mean, you could roll for a good 20 seconds. You still wouldn't get to the other side. <laughs> I love it. But I say that not to boast because it's a massive responsibility. I say that because you know, when we acquired it, we said, okay, it's too big. So then God has to fill it, you know, like he's going to have to inspire us and connect us with the right people to, to make it a place that is going to have an impact. So in three years time, wow. I just hope that um, I'll have the stamina and the, um, the, the constant vision to keep, to keep what we do going. Awesome. Awesome. I know that, that, that your business will be a success. Love education. How awesome is it? Even just saying that love education, it's like a positive affirmation, isn't it? Mm. Love education. Awesome. Zara, you guys are going to do what's, what's the scripture that says exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think, you know, you're going oh. to do well. So as we move on, say if somebody wanted to, you know, set up an online provision, what is face-to-face -face, um, provision like love literacy? Um, let's be real. Let's talk about the challenges. <laughs> what are the challenges being in business? Can we separate a woman in business, a married woman in business, a married woman with kids in business, you know? What are the challenges that you have faced? And obviously also, what is the best part of the work that you do? So the challenges are great because as an entrepreneur, you're constantly juggling. 
you're constantly kind of it's a balancing act as a mother as a wife even just as a person you know managing do I watch a movie tonight or do I respond to those emails or do I you know uh, submit that that funding bid you know that is just you're constantly juggling and balancing so some of the challenges I would say have been learning to separate kind of have separate functions as a as a woman so okay yes Kalai is my husband but he's also the co-director and I just want to check that he's made that payment or I want to check that he did he respond to the email or am I responding to it and so it could be 10 o'clock at night and suddenly we're talking about business and actually you don't sustain a marriage that way you have to have boundaries and I have to make sure that I <laughs> um, exercise boundaries and have working hours I mean the amount of times Kalai and I have discussed we need to have working hours but it doesn't happen but it has to happen guys so if you want to whatever your business is that you want to go into you have to be disciplined and you have to have self-care I mean I could eat like I said I could do this for free so there are many times I don't even pay myself because I think well if I, if I don't have to pay myself I keep it in the business I know and then I'll reinvest it but you need to be rewarded for your labor you need to feel some reward so if it's if you're early in the business and you can't afford to pay yourself well take an evening out and and have some self-care watch a lovely movie have a glass of whatever you like to drink or you know look at your business and plan for how you will reward yourself it might be that you want a holiday once a year and that's what you're going to build into your costs that I will get a holiday for two weeks where I go to a beautiful sunny island and that's what I'm aiming for because otherwise it can become you just become kind of on the hamster wheel yeah. and you don't get to enjoy the journey and part of being an entrepreneur the reason why we stop doing the nine to five full time is so that we can enjoy life so we can enjoy the pleasures of life. So it, I would say balancing life and kind of roles and responsibilities in my marriage, that is all a constant challenge. Um, balancing my, my responsibility with my children. So on a Friday, we homeschool our children just because, just because we want to, not for any particular reason, um, apart from that we just, you know, my daughter's nine. So I have seven more summers with her until she's a big yeah. woman and doesn't, you know, She's off to uni so I just want to enjoy my time with her and pour into her as a you know mum to, to daughter and same with my son so on a Friday it's quite easy for me to pick up the laptop and catch up on some of the admin that I haven't managed to achieve from Monday to Thursday but if I set it as homeschool then I need to commit to it so it don't being an entrepreneur is very challenging you know with Covid some of our parents just genuinely cannot afford to to, to re-enroll their children they've been with us for a long time and they want to so there are ups and downs in business there are you know it's not all plain sailing but of recent I heard something that I've really been trying to adopt in my life which is being at a place where you are okay whatever the outcome yeah 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 hard yeah. you know I just had some really disappointing news about um our new premises and it's delayed us moving in if your if your joy is predicated on external factors then you're never really going to experience full joy you have to be okay with where you are at and and, and let it be a learning 
um, curb, let it be a, a growing, you know, sometimes growing is painful, but it can be beautiful. And so seeing the joy in it, being at peace with it, um, that's really, that's really important. And I'm, I'm learning that day in and day out, day in, day out. I really am. Another challenge, not that I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just being honest. No, I think let's it's be important. real. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another challenge is the figures, the numbers. You have to know your numbers in business. It's, it's all well and good, you know, trying to change the world and trying to, and, and the, the literature looks fantastic and the marketing looks amazing, but you've got to know how much are you actually spending and how much are you actually bringing in and what are you forecasting? And these are all things, um, I was briefly mentored by an amazing woman, woman called Connie Barrett, and she really pushed me on knowing the numbers and actually when you do so because sometimes you can think oh I don't want to I don't want to go there you know if you're not a numbers person I'm an English person I'm a, I'm a words person but when you go there you actually can really start to see the scope of your business and ah. what is possible oh if I made that last month and this month is you know what can I make and what can I do and how can I oh and how can I you know cut cost to save money and you know it's, it's actually very empowering so I would really encourage um, you not to shy away from that if you're new in business get into the habit of it and make it a practice and a custom right from the beginning and even if you're making nothing even if you're in minus still record it and track it that is such great advice and it's so important to be real and honest because um lots of people now are really keen to become an entrepreneur and they love all the lights and the da 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 the jazz behind it and everything but there is an iceberg effect isn't it there are the late nights there are the possibly no money for about how many months or years that you see the fruits of your labor there are the not be able to go out not being able to spend you know the times of loneliness possibly or and the times of that you just need to drill down and be in focus on whatever your dreams and aspirations are you know and then the iceberg effect at the top is a success everybody sees a success and yada yada the awards and all of that but they don't know what's happening underneath and what I love that you said is importance of knowing key business terms in terms of your finance. I remember Richard Branson, um, he was saying that it took him a long time to understand key terms on his balance sheet. Right. And he is, you know, one of the most prestigious and well-known entrepreneur at this present time. But also we need to know for ourselves too. So when the accountant is presenting our balance sheet, um, and everything else and we just say oh so how comes it's that I calculate it to be this could you please explain and to have that conf that confidence to you know to say to the expert I don't agree with that you know so that is real good advice so as we are um, coming to the end now um you know career advice to your younger self you know, in terms of, you know, becoming an entrepreneur, wanting to become an entrepreneur, what career advice would you give to your younger self? What I would say, Sophia, is invest. Invest in yourself as much as you possibly can. And so whether that's formal education, for me, it was doing a master's, um, whether it's informal education, as you said, YouTube, podcasts, learning from those who have gone before you, 
whether it's uh, reading. Oh, Sophia, if I knew then what I know now, I mean, I've got shelves and shelves all over my house of books and I don't have the time to read as much as I would love to because I'm now a working woman and I've got all of, you know, I wear different hats. But if I could go back, I would say to younger people or people that have more space in their lives, read, 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 invest. And don't just read books that you like to read. Read books that are challenging. There's one book that I recommend for new business, uh, for anyone in business. It's called The E-Myth, E and then Myth, M-Y-T-H. It's, I can't remember the author, but it's a fantastic, fantastic book. I'm working my way through it now. And I mean, it just really teaches you how to have a business and how to be an entrepreneur, not own a job. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, lovely. it's very, very good. So if I could go back, I would have, I would have studied more. I would have read more. I would have invested in me because as a business person, you're constantly pouring out and you're constantly delivering, but you've got to replenish. And, and that's kind of emotionally, socially, holistically, but really kind of replenishing your mind and constantly challenging your mind and feeding yourself. Because as you're pouring out, um, you have nothing left for your family or even for yourself. So you definitely have to replenish just like a plant needs water, isn't it? That's how you have to think of yourself to be. Um, just finish a sentence for me. Education should be? Education should be a lifelong journey that we grow to love and that we grow to embrace. Awesome. I wish I could give you a virtual hug through here, a real hug. I tell you, when this COVID is <laughs> over, I'll be hugging so many people. You are top of the top of the top class, Sarah. I am so grateful that you came, that you accepted my invitation, <laughs> you know, to come on my podcast. And I have gained an invaluable insight into your business, Love Literacy. And can you share your social handles again so that people know how to contact you? It's love-literacy.com. And um, you can find us on, on social media. Instagram is Love Literacy ltd i think facebook is just love literacy and if you are interested sorry a little plug here sophia if you are interested in um, a devotional as a teacher i find that i'm constantly you know having to tell children how to do well how to succeed what you have to do to get the marks but i've created from a, a, a real heart of passion inspired by my two children i've created a devotional journal and it's called i heard the word and for anyone that's kind of faith-based uh, christian or uh, has beliefs it's a it's a journal that creates space for children or even young people who are creative just to explore life to explore scriptures to explore um, how they want to apply those in their daily lives and also to be creative to just be free. There are no restrictions. There are slight guides, but ultimately my children have really, really loved it. Um, they've had the samples and just taken them as their own. <laughs> Excellent. So when are they available? When can we um, purchase and how do we purchase? On, on our website, love-literacy.com forward slash journal. If you go to Facebook or Instagram, type in, I heard the word journal. It 
comes up. It comes with a free gift box and free coloring pencils. And I've even put a pencil in there as well because I wanted it to be a special product, a special gift for our children. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to many children enjoying that. So thank you for letting me share that one. Oh, no problem. No problem. I think it's just awesome. That's what I mean is that as an entrepreneur, even though that most probably wasn't the, the vision of for love literacy, but through your children, you were inspired <laughs> to create another product. Thanks so much to um, Zara Muhead, um, co-founder of Love Literacy. And again, please contact her through her social handles. And thank you for being a guest on Employability Matters. Hey everyone, this is your host Sophia Lewis and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Employability Matters, a careers and job related podcast where we dive into all topics associated with the world of work. Thank you for subscribing, I very much appreciate your support and remember to share with your family and friends. It would be appreciated if you could leave a great review on our YouTube channel, Anchor FM, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. I will be back next week for another great episode. So until then, remember, employability matters. <music>